We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. going on everybody welcome to the advanced sports analytics show presented by roto grinders i'm your host travis mangone back with my buddy Stuart over here back to break down the slate how's it going over there my man pretty good uh early in the morning uh <clears throat> entering the back quarter of the season kind of uh limp into the finish line but uh hoping hoping to finish strong and uh yeah excited for the week uh what 14 that we're on uh slate this weekend so um yeah looking forward to talking through it with you yeah we don't have many more weeks left of these so uh enjoy them i always try to say this in december because football is one of my favorite times of year and i always try to say listen just enjoy it we don't got too many more days of red zone uh hanging out with scott hansen and i love red zone so much so uh i'm excited for the last couple sundays we got and then we have playoffs and then super bowl will be here uh, and, you know, it'll be an awesome time. But listen, let's dive in, Stuart. Let's talk about this slate because, uh, listen, I think there's a lot of different ways to go. Um, I, I think there's some clear-cut salary, you know, guys that are just going to be super chalk that we should talk about. And uh, let's see if there's any opportunities to get leverage. How's that sound? Yeah, it works for me. Uh, you know, we're kind of returning to that no-buy, uh, you know, big big slate field. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot to talk to and through and a lot to uh, be excited about this week. 
All righty, let's go to the first game. We got the Washington Redskins. We got the Green Bay Packers. It's got a 41 and a half total and Packers are 13 point favorites. And man, this feels like a pretty good spot. Maybe you could, you know, rock out with a Packers stack here. Like uh, I'm a Packers fan and I'm always in on that. But the problem I, I have is I don't know if the Redskins can keep the pace up enough. Like I'm not the biggest Haskins guy. I think he's someone they can struggle a ton. I was shocked to see that they beat the Panthers last week. So maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Stuart, what's your kind of take on this game? Yeah, I mean, you would. It, it's a good spot for the Packers guys. Uh, the 13-point uh, line is is a bit concerning. Um, I mean, I still think for cash, like, you know, if the Packers are going to get there and get to that big, uh, you know, spread number, I think they're, you know, they're going to have to put up some points from somewhere. And, uh, you know, Washington's a team that we typically want to attack a wide receiver uh, or through the air. Um you know, I think Rodgers is setting up really nicely uh, this week and Devontae Adams, uh, you know, had, had an interesting week last week where I think a lot of people were on him and he was really buoyed by that two touchdown performance. Didn't like have one of these monster, uh, you know, three figure yardage outings. But um, I mean, the guy just has, you know, a, uh, you know, draws, draws Rodgers eyes in the red zone uh, a lot and is kind of always going to be targeted heavily. So, I mean, I think those are two guys that you could uh, easily start building around in cash. Uh, Adams in particular, you know, his price has come up a little bit, but, um, or a good bit, a good bit, but, uh, you know, good matchup, uh, just the floor that he has given how, how much of uh, Green Bay's passing kind of exposure he's had. Uh, I mean, I like Adams a lot. Um, yeah, you do bring up a good point with, you know, how, if we're, if we're trying to build for kind of tournaments, how might we want to uh, you know, bring it back with Washington and it's tough. I mean, I think uh, like last week we, we did kind of see the, the emergence of Darius Geist and um, I don't know. I mean, he got there on just a insane efficiency that I can't imagine is going to be replicated uh, on a week to week basis. But I mean, Green Bay is like Carolina was last week, uh, you know, pretty attackable on the ground, maybe not to the same extent that Carolina is, but Green Bay is allowing the third most, uh, opponent-adjusted fantasy points per rush attempt. Uh, I don't think it's a terrible spot to, uh, you know, try to run back uh, one of these Washington running backs, guys in particular. I think just trusting the youth there uh, makes a little more sense. Um, and one thing I want to say about Geis, uh, Stewart, is, listen, just don't have the expectation he's putting up 30 again, right? He doesn't need to do that at that price. And sometimes we kind of get in that mindset, like, oh, he, you know, he's not going to have a good game. Listen, if he still puts up like 16 at that price, that's – pretty solid uh so um and i think mclaurin's a good run back but again like i don't know that just the one problem is like i just really hate haskins i just think he's like he feels so luke falk-esque right just like a terrible quarterback uh but again like i said maybe i'm wrong because they ended up beating the panthers last week and didn't do too bad yeah yeah another note just on uh you know possible washington guys against green bay i mean green bay is very attackable uh against the tight end they're allowing top five uh opponent adjusted volume and efficiency uh, versus the tight end in terms of targets and air yards. Uh, we saw, you know, the Giants third string tight end, Caden Smith put up, you know, a pretty decent stat line against them last week. Uh, and Jeremy Sprinkle, uh, who we kind of joked about last week, but, uh, you know, he, he's been factoring into the pass game a little more and I think could be kind of a uh, deep option if you're trying to build around this game uh, and are kind of looking for a uh, off the board play uh, on the Washington side to maybe give you uh some opportunity if, if you think maybe uh, Washington's going to be able to push Green Bay and kind of keep this game a little closer than expected. 
Yeah, Stuart, uh, you can only play one lineup. You're playing it for your life. Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams this week? Who do you trust more? Um, I, I mean, Jamal will, I'm sorry, Aaron Jones, I guess just has like this, you know, touchdown equity that I think, uh, is really quite high and maybe, you know, one like, or not, maybe not equity, but just his touchdown upside is like really high. I mean, he, he's still getting a lot of the goal line work, uh, you know, had some, uh, a good amount of goal line looks last week and just couldn't convert on any of them. Uh, so I don't know. I'm probably taking Aaron Jones. I, I am, you know, happy to see his price has fallen down a good bit. Um, so yeah, that, that's probably who I would lean actually. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think Washington typically uh, I'm looking to attack, uh, through the air, but I guess, you know, you do figure if it's a green Bay 13 point, uh, favorite, like there is going to be a little more dependence on the run game than, uh, than we might usually expect with them. Yeah, Green Bay, when they get up, they just like the, you know, fourth quarter really just pound out the rock and yeah. kind of call it a day. So. What, what about you uh, as, you know, kind of following that team closely? You got any? Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's tough because I, I think their whole plan was to like kind of save Aaron Jones. Like everyone's like complaining about Aaron Jones so much, but I think their whole plan has been to like really just like in the playoffs, like push on him and lean on him. But they do like Jamal Williams. It's not like they don't like him. So um, – I think there's a lot of upside in tournaments for Aaron Jones. Like if I was playing cash games, I, I would, I'd be okay with Jamal, but like in tournaments, the upside for Aaron Jones is really, really strong. And I think you don't even have to run anything back with him. Like if you just think the Packers are going to win like handedly, just playing Aaron Jones by himself is perfectly fine. Right. He could fit that build of, you know, you do that game stack with a quarterback and you have, you know, two receivers and run it back and you just play three bell cow running backs. He could be one of those guys, I think in that combo that, um, he's pricey, but he's, you know, he's not Christian McCaffrey priced or anything. So he's easily enough to get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that. Uh, you know, Williams price tag, I think makes him more for, affordable for a cash game build, but, uh, yeah, hard to argue with Jones upside. I mean, he can get going and, uh, Green Bay just hands him the rock and throws him the rock. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I like your Adams caller. I thought you brought some good points with that. Uh, we're going to move on to the next team, but before we do that, guys, uh, please hit the like and subscribe button on the channel here for us. We would really appreciate it. Uh, it shows you guys tons of content. If you subscribe to our Roto Grinders channel, we have so much football content going on. I'm sure we'll have all the playoff content. We'll have showdown stuff and tons and tons more, you know, basketball season will be rolling around. Lots of good stuff going on here over here at Roto Grinders. So Hit the like on the video if you like what you see and hit the subscribe if you want to check out some more content over here on rotogrinders.com. All right, let's go on to the next game. Stuart, we got the Colts. We got the Bucks, 47 and a half total. And this is a pretty solid game overall. Uh, you know, we, we normally like to attack the Bucks, uh, you know, from the past game. But the problem is they've been a little bit better lately. Uh, and the Colts, their receivers aren't that good. So it's a, it's a really interesting spot. Um, I think Paris Campbell's a guy that we might have to talk about a little bit this week, or maybe a Marcus Johnson. Um, what do you kind of think of these cheap Colts receivers we got this week? Yeah, I'm having a hard time uh, keeping track of all of them in my head. They, they kind of just like all blend together for me and, uh, you know, figuring who's in, who's out. Um, I know last week Marcus Johnson was a guy I was given a pretty strong look at. I, I like his kind of downfield build like he's one of these guys that doesn't account for uh, historically hasn't accounted for a ton of Colts targets but has a higher proportion of I guess air yards and targets which to me you know signals a guy that's going to be working downfield and I think that's you know the preferred uh, you know player profile for kind of tournament builds uh, you know a guy who 
can have just, you know, at that price, I mean, if he has one big game breaking play, uh, you know, he's paying off his value and giving you a good chance to, you know, finish well in tournaments. Um, yeah. Paris, Cam- Paris Campbell coming back from injury um, in the games he's played, I believe his uh, usage has been quite high and with no T Y Hilton, uh, no Chester Rogers, who is a guy actually, I also kind of toyed with a bit last week, but ended up not playing and, you know, fortunately so given his injury. Uh, yeah, definitely guys I'm interested in. Um, I mean, I think it's just another week to try to run back Jack Doyle. Um, his price is up a good bit, but uh, you know, no Ebron, no Hilton. I think Doyle's like, uh, you know, the most established piece in that offense. And uh, Tampa Bay also can be had at tight end. You know, I think it's kind of one of the better positions to attack them with. So um yeah, I think, you know, of those guys, uh, I know it's not a receiver per se, but, you know, if they're pass catchers, Doyle would be the guy I'd key on uh, in cash. Uh, Marcus Johnson, I think, provides some intrigue uh, from a tournament perspective. Yeah, so, listen, I don't mind Jack Doyle. Maybe it's because I didn't play him last week, uh, but he's uh, he's a little pricey. Uh, that, that's the only thing, and I think they – I don't know. I guess it's because like I've had Jack Doyle for cheaper and maybe that's why I'm taking that. Um, but a lot of these guys got some price hikes, right? Advance McDonald did. Um, so I, I don't know what I'm doing with him still. And again, like I'm probably jamming in a lot of players like so far. Um, so I don't know. I, if I can fall on him, like I want to, right. Cause he's like a number one receiver basically there. I mean, yeah. it's, it's only 4.6 K relatively. It's not that pricey, but I guess like from what I'm used to for Jack Doyle, it, it feels pricier, um, but he's, he's still a good play. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's weird when you can like only pay up, you know, what, 500 more to get to like Hunter Henry. Um, You know, it feels like they're kind of just like from a, uh, you know, pure kind of athletic standpoint, there are some, some way better guys you can get to for not that much more. I mean, Kittle's what, 1300 more. Um, Yeah. uh, uh, You know, kind of, uh, yeah, he's in a weird, he's in a weird press spot and, and definitely like seeing Doyle at four sixes is kind of uh, some cause for concern. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He, he, he just, I think, you know, his, his, his expected volume, uh, I think is pretty good. Um, kind of wish the game total was higher. Uh, I feel like he's kind of, uh, you're, you're going to want him to catch some touchdowns, but um, yeah, you know, I hear where you come from with the yeah, price it, considerations. It's because I have this other tight end for cash games in mind. When we get there, I'll talk about him. Uh, he's someone that I'm, and I guess my, my I'm hoping it happens. So, but we'll, we'll get to it. Um, so yeah, let, let's talk about Paris Campbell a little bit. I think he's going to be a guy that really becomes chalky. Um, again, like I, I don't know for certain, but it, he practiced on Thursday. We're doing this thing Friday morning. He's 3.2 K. We've seen him get a lot of targets. I know you talked about him a little bit, but I guess the question is, what ownership is too high in tournaments to play him? Because again, like we don't know what the, you know, where everyone's going to go, but I think it's worth talking about. He's a 3.2 K receiver and I get he's a number two, but it, when's the ownership too high when you think it's worth fading in this kind of spot? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never really been that great at like, uh, you know, figuring out what's kind of an ownership tipping point. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm just, so I'm looking at like I'm pulling up his volume right now, uh, or his target market share and the few games that he's played. And he's actually played two of his three games in the absence of T.Y. Hilton. And I know there's some other pieces that are also going to be absent today um, that weren't in some of his previous data yeah, points. Yeah, no Ebron, no Funchess obviously hasn't been there a lot of the year. I mean, there's there's not a lot of people there. Yeah, but I mean his, his you know his target market share has has capped out at about 
you know, 17, 16%. Um, and I don't know, it just like with, with the Colts uh, being kind of a down, uh, down pace team, like, I don't know, I'm not convinced he's got a super high ceiling, but I guess at three, two, I mean, you know, you don't need him to do a whole lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hey, hey 16% for three, two, I think is pretty good. Um, and you know, I, I definitely think there's, there's something there uh, to work with. Yeah, he's, he's definitely on Team Jemiman. So if you're doing that, uh, Campbell makes some sense. Uh, I don't have any interest in Brissett or even going to Marlon Mack, who's supposed to be back this week. I just think those guys, I'm, I'm off. I'm, I'm assuming you're the same. Yeah, I mean, the Colts running back situation. Uh, man, I mean, uh, Jordan Williams was high in our uh, optimals last week. And uh, it was uh, just the Colts backfield is a little bit tough to figure out. And it does seem like Mack has been the one kind of uh, – you know, piece of clarity or, you know, consistency in that backfield, but uh, yeah, still not. Uh, and, and, and I mean, Tampa Bay is so good against the run. Like, yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't think there's much uh, to be, to be done there with Mac coming so off the injury. What about the bucks then? Like uh, Jameis Winston, he's someone that's obviously, you know, in, in the conversation almost every week, we know what his upside can be. Uh, the Godwin and Evans thing. If you've been doing the 50% that that hasn't worked uh, lately. So uh, it's tough to pick which guy it's going to be. I know OJ Howard broke out and Colts can struggle against tight ends at times. Is that a tournament play that we can maybe look at? It's just tough to trust which buck is going to do something. Cause when you think Ronald Jones is the starter, he loses the job because he can't pick up a blitz pickup and then Peyton Barber becomes the guy. There's a lot of guys there. Yeah. Um, hey, well, look, I mean, I, I don't think uh, low ownership on uh, bucks receivers has been, uh, you know, reason for concern in the past. Uh, you know, I think it's a perfectly good spot. I, I, I don't know. I can't, I feel like, uh, you know, at this point people are pretty privy to uh, the just sheer upside of some of these box receivers where, you know, poor box score performance recently isn't probably won't scare uh, ownership off, but like definitely not, you know, no, neither of those guys, Godwin or Evans are guys like I'm kind of systemically concerned about, um, you know, thinking that there, there's, you know, something wrong with, with them or, you know, the, the, the Tampa Bay offense such that they can't succeed this week. Like, I think it's perfectly good week to try to run them back um, in tournaments and, and potentially in cash. All righty, let's go on to the next one. And this is one that we'll definitely have to touch on a ton because we got the Niners, we got the Saints, 44 and a half total. Uh, but we got, uh, you know, the Saints offense, right? Uh, let's start there. Michael Thomas is only 8.3K, uh, you know, look, Alvin Kamara is only 7K. I know Kamara hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns, and the Niners aren't a team that you score a ton of touchdowns on with the run game. But um, regression, I mean, the math, it tells me it's going to be coming soon. So uh, talk about these two guys because, listen, I think Thomas is a guy you want to make sure you get, you know, jamming in cash games, even in tournaments because the price is just dumb at 8.3K. And then Kamara at 7K, there's just so much upside there. Yeah, I, I think I'd probably lean a little more towards Thomas. Um, I think both both are, like, priced really well and, and clearly – priced for the matchup um but i don't know i think more appropriate appropriately so than meets the eyes i mean san francisco really tough matchup both against receivers and against pass catching running backs um i don't know to me thomas feels a little more like a matchup proof uh kind of guy like uh his you know catch rates are just so high he uh you know is getting these little, you know, five to 10 yard targets just on such a regular basis. Um, I think that's kind of the route I would prefer, like, you know, weird, weird stuff kind of has happened with Latavius Murray. And I think that's, uh, yeah, someone you consider and, and Taysom Hill. I mean, the, the saints have been kind of, uh, 
you know, not odd. I mean, because it's how they've always been, but they handle red zone work. Uh, it, it, it's a little unpredictable. And I think to me, Kamara has a little more touchdown dependency than Thomas. Like Thomas uh, can and kind of for a good chunk of the season has been getting there with these, you know, 10 catch, 100 yard games. Uh, Kamara, I think, to really have that, you know, ceiling game that we're looking for is going to need to get some touchdowns, going to need to be pretty, really effective uh, as a pass catcher. And uh, the 49ers' ability to limit uh, running back efficiency per target is, is, you know, very strong. I think giving up second, uh, I think I have second fewest uh, adjusted fantasy points per running back target. Um, so, yeah, Thomas, I think, is probably the way I'd lean just because uh, he, he feels uh, you know, less dependent on kind of touchdown, uh, touchdown scoring. Yeah. I'm with you on that. The only guy in the Niners I have interest in is like kind of just going with George Kittle. It doesn't seem like a guy you can really, you know, spend up on. It feels like a tight end. It's the prices are nice on some of these guys like Kittle and Kelsey, but they're not easy to get into your lineups on a site like a DraftKings. So I love running it back in tournaments, going Michael Thomas with Kittle and kind of calling it a day. I think that's a really nice combination. Again, like this is December football. We're getting down the stretch, and this game's in a dome, right? Uh, obviously, the total's 44.5, not as high as I was expecting, but I think he's an amazing option uh, there. Yeah, I mean, he's you know below 6,000. Uh, I think he's at a pretty good price point. Um, I don't have any data points readily available on the Saints versus the tight end. Um but I, I mean, I do know the Saints are just really strong against running backs and wide receivers. Um, so, you know, I wonder if there's some kind of pricing down of Kittle for the matchup when positionally it's not like as daunting of a matchup as, you know, it is for some of the other positions. And yeah, I mean, I, it's San Francisco running backs, I think um, at times have been really effective this year. It's just kind of hard to predict who, uh, who's going to be the guy and uh, it's just a really tough matchup against the saints defense. They're, you know, really good uh, run stopping defense. So yeah, I think Kittle kind of makes sense there. He's, he just has like the clearest role carved out on San Francisco where they have some good pieces on that offense, but it's just uh, kind of Patriots asking that they just like divvy up their, you know, their, their production uh, from those kind of, secondary pieces is a little bit unpredictable week to week and, and sometimes just gets split, you know, fairly evenly. Yeah. I just pulled it up now. 8.7 fantasy points per game to tight ends. That's if I'm looking real quick, it's, it looks like around like 12, uh, you know, so they're pretty, they're pretty solid against the tight end, right? They're not a team that's leaking against them. Again, they're the Saints defense. They're pretty good overall. They're good against yeah. everything. So they might lean on Kittle a little bit more uh, because they, they want to lean on their best player because he's one of their best offensive players. Despite what Booger, Booger McFarland says about, uh, you know, uh, the fullback over there with the 49ers. But uh, listen, let's head on over to the next game. Uh, we got the Carolina Panthers. We got the Atlanta Falcons. 47 total here. And, uh, man, it's weird to see the Falcons as favorites. Or, but, uh, you know, they're, they're home. Obviously, that's one of the reasons why. Uh, but let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Is he a guy you're jamming in this week? Is the price tag too much at 10.3K? Yeah, it's funny. I, ha- I had to do a double take when I saw Atlanta you know, favorite as well. Um, I mean, for me, this has been kind of one of the toughest weeks to decide on what I want to do with McCaffrey. I think uh, in previous weeks, it's been fairly clear to either jam him in or uh, for the most part, jam him in. I think there's a few weeks where I just like was, you know, not, not playing him. Uh, Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we, we kind of, I think, 
coming into the last month had Atlanta pegged as this like really attackable defense, just, you know, great matchup. Um, and I don't know, I was looking at the numbers and Atlanta last year in particular was a team that we just always wanted to target with running backs, you know, running backs were getting passes thrown to them out of the backfield at, you know, an insane rate. And this year that they've, uh, actually improved kind of on that. They're, uh, kind of tough against the run and they're kind of middle of the pack in terms of their, uh, efficiency and volume allowance to opposing running backs, you know, catching passes out of the backfield. Um, I don't know. I think in previous weeks, kind of the decision around McCaffrey has been shaped by the context of the slate where if, you know, we felt there were a lot of good value options that would allow us to pay up for McCaffrey, you know, it was no sweat. Um, And this week, at least at initial kind of glance, it does feel like there is kind of a shortage of really good value plays. Uh, you know, quarterback is a position that, you know, historically I've tried to pay down for, and uh, there are some definitely some somewhat nerve wracking plays, I guess, at the lower end and uh, with the consistency that some of the top guys have provided does give me, you know, some concern. So I don't know. I, I, I'm tending towards kind of not playing McCaffrey, but I got to kind of see if any value uh, opens up over the course of the weekend and uh, just continue to look, uh, you know, more closely at some of the, the other skill players and see if there's an opportunity to, uh, you know, have some cheap plays that allow me to get up to McCaffrey. Um, I have one in this game, Stuart. We can, we can talk about it right now. Uh, do you know who I'm thinking of? Yeah. Probably, uh, is it going to be Ian Thomas? Yeah. Uh, with... Ian Thomas, man, 2.5 K cheap tight end. I don't know. I, like I said, I felt like guys like Vance McDonald and Doyle and all these other tight ends were all priced up a little bit. Like, again, like I still didn't even have great games at those price tags. Like, but um, I'm just going to say, I'm probably just not used to the price and 2.5 K just helps me jamming all the dudes. Right. So I don't know. I think it's intriguing. Yeah, no, it, it definitely the price is. Uh, I thought I saw on like Twitter that they were planning some sort of like role share between like three different tight ends. Uh, I don't know yeah. if there's any, that's really bad news. I, that would that would ruin my my whole build. Uh, so I want <laughs> I just want to have Ian Thomas be the starter and call it a day. Yeah, I, I think it's. It, it, but yeah, I mean, hey, if you can pencil in Ian Thomas for you know seventy percent of kind of tight end snaps, like a two point five k. Yeah, there's there's a lot you can work with, and and like you said, there there um, a number of kind of the tight ends that have been in that three range are priced up this week. I mean, Gesicki is up a guy that uh, has been interesting for a few weeks and now he's all the way up at 4,000 Fant is down to three, four, but has kind of uh, fallen flat a little bit. Um, yeah. By the way, we got like, I found the tweet. Uh, yeah. The tight end position will be by committee this week. So uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, that's bad. And of course, Alex Arma always lurking there to take some touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't be shocked if he scores one uh, and takes it from McCaffrey this week, but, but- Hey, a two five. I mean, you don't have to get that much out of him, and he does kind of uh, like, you know, there there are so few uh, really cheap tight end option options in play. Like a build around a two five Ian Thomas just gives you access to a whole lot more than uh, you know other other people are going to be able to build if they're paying up for one of the three to four or even paying you know all the way up a tight end. So 
For sure. Any interest in uh, any interest in DJ Moore here? Uh, you know his his. I was listening to one one show. I forget which one it was. They're talking about his median share is ten, uh, which is crazy to think on a guy like DJ Moore. Um, he's been awesome this year. Uh, is he someone worth willing to pay for against the Falcons? Uh, his median share in targets is ten. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I forget the exact number, but it's huh. it's crazy how good he's been this year, though. Yeah. No, it really has. I mean, his, his price is uh, up, but I think it's warranted. I mean, he's been – so I have him in 2019 not – I mean, it's, you know, a, uh, a mean, I guess, or just an average of the entire season at 25% of targets. Uh, that 10 feels a bit low, but uh, – No, no, I think I think it was like the – I forget what the number was. It wasn't his share, but it was – it was just crazy, the number. Uh, it's not It's not the average that he's getting. It's his median, like – crazy to think okay but yeah i mean he's been he's been absolutely crushing it uh just getting a ton of volume uh you know a ton of a ton of efficiency as well um he actually per target uh leads carolina wide receivers and kind of we've always thought that you know curtis samuel was this uh yeah he was just a breakout be amazing like uh, and he's been good but dj moore has really stolen the show yeah definitely um yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I don't know. The, the price is a bit rich for me. Um, I think in tournaments, you know, just the the upside that more provides is definitely in play. Uh, I think for cash, um, it, it you know just it just feels like a bit steep of a price hike. Um, but yeah, I mean, hard to argue with the production that Moore has been putting on this year. Um, and uh, I don't know, just Kyle Allen, like, I, I guess he's been able to do it in spite of Kyle Allen, but uh, I do have concerns that just Allen's total and, you know, incompetence is going to catch up with, uh, you know, this Carolina offense. We've, we've already seen it, I guess, catch up with McCaffrey a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Maybe I'm just kind of pulling small sample here, but um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it is pause for some concern, but um, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the Falcon side because there's some stuff to talk about. I think the Julio Jones, right? If you can get him low owned, I think he's a phenomenal tournament play. Again, uh, this is one of the dome games, right? We have a lot of pretty good games to start off this slate, uh, and, and yeah, this is one of the dome games. So obviously, you have to have some intrigue with this. Uh, you know, Ridley's had a really nice target share. I know his price is pricier than normal, but still 6.7k. I still think there's some opportunity. The problem is you've got Austin Hooper back and Devontae Freeman are back, right? That's one of the issues here. And Freeman, I think, is someone that people are going to consider. The, the Panthers, they've, you know, allowed a touchdown in nine straight games of running backs. And Devontae Freeman's there. Just the problem is, will they be going Hill and Barter instead just to mix in by committee? Yeah, I don't have, uh, you know, really any insight to what that share is going to look like. I mean, Carolina is a team, historically, we, we've really wanted to attack with running backs. It seems like every week, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who they're facing, whether it's, you know, ancient Adrian Peterson last week or um, – I forget, you know, whatever. Uh, and yeah, Freeman, I mean, the, the price is uh, quite low on him. And, uh, you know, I, I'm also intrigued by just the work that he gets in the passing game uh, at five, four. I mean, he is one of those guys that, you know, you could use to help get to Christian McCaffrey. So um, I'm really intrigued by Freeman in cash. I just think it's a, a great matchup. Um, yeah. I want to, continue to follow the news in terms of if there's any, uh, you know, information that comes out about some sort of, you know, running back uh, by committee or share of duties back there. But uh, if Devontae Freeman's in his usual role, I mean, I think it's a really great spot for him and 
seeing Carolina favor or, or Atlanta, I'm sorry, favored by three, uh, you would think sets up pretty well for Freeman. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a spot I'm really interested in this week. Agreed. Let's go over to the next game. We got the lions, we got the Vikings and this is a 43 and a half total. And if, Dalvin Cook somehow sits. Madison becomes chalk and someone that you definitely want to get exposure to. But it sounds like he's going to play through that injury he suffered on Monday night. Um, I don't know what else to really do with this game, though, uh, Stuart. I mean, they, they do have a huge implied total, right? The Vikings 28.25. Uh, so you expect them to put up some points. So uh, is Minnesota a team you want to get a lot of exposure to? <sighs> yeah, I mean... It, well, if Dalvin Cook plays, like Matt, uh, Madison, just plug and play. I mean, Detroit is so bad against the run uh, and so bad against uh, – they're really actually far worse at defending running backs, catching the ball out of the backfield, which is Dalvin Cook's bread and butter. Like, I feel like if there wasn't this concern about, uh, you know, his injury and from what I've been hearing, it's kind of like, like a pain tolerance thing. Like, to me, that's a, that's a real risk where, uh, you know, if – Minnesota favored at 13 points just gets up huge and Dalvin cooks in pain. Like why, why would, you know, they run him out there. So it's like, if there was none of this, uh, you know, injury kind of attachment, like Dalvin cook would be in a total smash spot. Uh, He'd be the chalk, right? Like we'd be talking about him over McCaffrey. I think that's sure. a, a conversation a hundred percent. So that, I mean, he still is someone to consider in tournaments, but yeah, like there's risk because of the pain, like you said. Yeah, I think I think uh, there there's a lot of risk with him in cash, but in tournaments, like he has, I mean, tremendous upside in this game, and uh, you know, I, I think is definitely worth tournament consideration because you know, and, and I think if you're playing him in tournaments, you really really want to get uh, some guys on the Detroit side because really the, the the you know game flow that's going to push Dalvin Cook to uh, you know playing kind of his maximum role is Detroit keeping it close. Um, so, you know, probably like running it back with Galladay or Marvin Jones. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, even doing like kind of a Detroit centric stack and then running Dalvin Cook on the other side would be, I think, an interesting tournament wrinkle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think in cash, like I'm, I'm going to want to stay away from Cook just because of the injury risk. Um, I also just had an interesting note about both. Both teams are like really uh, – interesting against the tight end. And I know we were, you're know, talking about how there's a lack of cheap options at tight end and Irv Smith's a guy who kind of uh, just popped onto my radar a little bit, but uh, yeah, both teams have very interesting kind of DVP metrics against tight end. Detroit's allowing the second most fantasy points per tight end target adjusted for opponent, but allowing the lowest tight end market share. Uh, Minnesota's allowing the fewest uh, fantasy points per tight end target but allowing the highest tight end market share. So like uh, Detroit allowing super, let's see, uh, super high efficiency, super low volume to tight end uh, Minnesota allowing super high, sorry, super low efficiency, super high volume. I don't really know what to like. I don't know that I really have even a prescription for like what the proper interpretation of that is, but I think it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe some of these, uh, I don't know. Hike Hawkinson has done like nothing since uh, that week one break. Yeah, because uh, that that didn't matter. It was just because it was the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, you know. yeah, that, that's true. Um, so, and we had to like c- cancel that week out. Like uh, you know, <laughs> if you and I were at tight end against the Cardinals, we could get a touchdown. It like. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. Uh, I don't know. So maybe some of these Minnesota, uh, you know, like uh, particularly Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph at four four seems a bit 
pricey. Uh, he's just so touchdown dependent, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Irv Smith at three, three, like, you know, he, he's on the field. He gets, uh, he gets a decent amount of looks for a second string tight end. Um, you know, old BC Johnson, also another super cheap guy. Uh, like Minnesota is going to find a way to get, to get its points. Uh, it's a team, you know, I'm pretty interested in and like outside of uh, cook, they're not like super priced up outside of cook and cousins, I guess they're not super priced up. And, and cousins is the guy we actually didn't even talk about, but like he's priced up, but I think the matchup's so good for him. And with quarterbacks, I'm fairly inclined to try to anchor to just like raw projected point total for the team. Uh, I mean, cousins, I think is in a great, great spot. Um, Some can, I guess, you know, some concerns like Minnesota in the past has been, has gone super run heavy when they're up big. Um, but I mean, I think there there's considerable intrigue for cousins for me in, in tournaments and in cash. Um, we didn't really talk about him much, but uh, is that something you're interested in or is it like, uh, you know, you just pay up more to get to Lamar? I mean, um, I can pay six, seven for him or I can pay for the next quarterback we have in the next game who I think is better at six, five, Sean Watson. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah fair too. I don't know. Do you have anything else in this game you want to talk on or you want to talk about that now? Nope. No, I'm ready to move on. All right, yeah, like I want to talk about Sean Watson because I think he's an amazing play at 6'5", right? Uh, it, it's not the best week. The quarterback pricing is is a little wonky. Uh, you know, a guy like Dalvin Hodges costs more than Kyler Murray, which is one of those funny things that uh, we'll get to when we get to that game. But there's just not a lot of good pricing on guys. And Watson at 6'5", felt good. Uh, you know, 26 implied total there against the Broncos. He is rushing upside as well. Uh, you know, I'm expecting to be a part of most of the touchdowns, so – I don't know. I, I like him. And again, it's a dome, right? Uh, playing in Houston's a good spot too for weather. So that's my favorite play in this game. And that's all I'm really like super interested in. I think Will Fuller, you could go at five, five, or maybe Kenny stills at three, seven uh, could be a guy to consider as well. But uh, I don't know. That's the only thing I really like in this game. So I'll give you the floor to talk about the rest, but I just like Watson. And yeah, I, I agree. It's uh does feel like a pretty uh, efficient quarterback pricing, uh, you know, scheme this week and, and Watson maybe is the, the one hole uh, or, or one of the, you know, holes we could pick in terms of, uh, you know, him. yeah, the, the price just doesn't quite make sense for him. It, it is a tough matchup, uh, you know, for, for, uh, for Watson, but uh, at six, five, like I, I feel like the price is down. Uh, yeah. It feel, feels weird paying for a quarterback, right. In a 42 and a half implied total. Yeah. I mean, um, but you know, at at nine point favorites, I mean, I think Houston's uh, implied total isn't super super low. Um, yeah, twenty six. Um, I mean, Hopkins intrigues me. Uh, I'm sure he'll get a lot of Chris Harris, but uh, I don't know his. Uh, you know, his his share of targets is, seems pretty stable, and uh, you know, seven four is a decent price tag on him. Uh, so that, that's a guy I'm interested in. Uh, we had talked a little bit about cheap tight ends and Noah Fant. He's a guy I'm probably going to stay away from this week. Uh, his The return of Jeff Hireman last week uh, I don't think was insignificant. I mean, Hireman got a decent amount of looks. He actually might have, I believe, out-targeted Fant last week. And Houston is just really good against the tight end. Uh, I think they're one of the top teams in terms – or one of the you know bottom teams in terms of efficiency allowed and volume allowed at the position. Um, so – intriguing price tag for Fant, but uh i don't know i'm not uh probably will be avoiding him uh not really considering him in cash just given how tough the matchup is um so yeah most mostly looking at the houston side uh uh and, and still as you mentioned as well good price point uh 
should should be working out of the slot a lot. I think is a you know interesting receiving option as well. Yeah, the one guy you could run it back with is Cortland Sutton. Um, if you want to correlate it up, uh, that that'd be the guy I'd go to. But again, like I don't trust Locke, and I don't know. I I don't know. It's just tough. I, I don't like this game that much. Yeah, I think Court. You know, Sutton just given his price point is a little tough from a me- like a medium projection standpoint. But I mean, his volume share has been huge since the departure of Emmanuel Sanders. And uh, I think if you're attacking this game in kind of tournaments and looking for Houston's, uh, you know, a Denver player to run it back with, yeah, Cortland Sutton, probably, you know, the only sensible piece. Um, yeah, he's been, he's been awesome lately and, and been getting a ton of looks. All righty. Before we go on and talk about Lamar Jackson, this year's likely MVP, you guys be our MVP and hit the like and subscribe button for us on the YouTube channel. We would really, really appreciate that. And we'll get right into the next game. We got the Ravens. We got the Bills. And this game's got some weather, Stuart. I know it's we're doing this Friday morning and I don't want to panic. It's weather. It's not that big of a deal. We'll worry about it Sunday. But uh, 15 to 20 mile per hour winds is what we're looking like. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess we have to watch closer to game time. Kevin Roth has it at orange, so check that out. But uh, 15 to 20 mile per hour wins. And Lamar Jackson, I know he cannot be the most accurate guy at times, but his rushing upside is amazing. And if the weather's a problem and Lamar's rushing and maybe it's a 100-yard rushing bonus, there's just so much upside. And I don't think he's priced up enough, right? That's one of the problems here. I don't think DraftKings priced him where they should have. Um, what do you think about him on this slate? Yeah, I mean, I think conventionally, Buffalo's a really tough team against the quarterback, allowing – you know, few fantasy points per pass attempt. Uh, but the one spot they can be had is uh, on the run, uh, on the ground. Uh, uh, I mean, I would just treat Lamar Jackson like a running back and Buffalo's, you know, allowing the fifth most fantasy points per running back rush attempt. Like, I think, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson's priced up, but I think it's, uh, uh, or, you know, or he's priced up, but, you know, I, I would say there, you know, his price is, somewhat been capped just by a perceived tough matchup, but um, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a good spot for him again. I mean, I don't think there's been a bad spot for Lamar this year. Um, the question is, you know, it is, can you fit him in your lineup? And I, I think it's, you know, if you, if you're interested in McCaffrey, it's going to be tough to go Lamar and McCaffrey without, uh, you know, really dumpster diving in some other places. But uh, I don't know. I think for me, I might prioritize Lamar over McCaffrey. Um, but, you know, we did talk about just the last game, Watson at 900 cheaper, and I think does a lot, uh, you know, offers a lot of what Lamar offers. Maybe not the sheer uh, yardage upside that Lamar offers, and, and probably, you know, a, a decreased uh, touchdown equity as well. But, um, I mean, yeah, I think I think it's a, a good spot for Lamar and, uh, you know, what might be perceived as a bad quarterback matchup. Uh, I don't know what DraftKings, like, you know, little – uh, versus opponent number is I'm sure it's pretty low against quarterback, but I mean, to me, Lamar is just, uh, has been matchup independent, uh, this year. And, and I think Buffalo in particular, uh, actually is a f- more favorable matchup for, for Lamar and this kind of running back slot, you know, this, 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 uh, you know, hybrid quarterback, uh, that he is, uh, it's just a better matchup than, than meets the eyes. Um, yeah, I still think there's a lot of upside in tournaments still at 7-4, right? Uh, I still think you can you can go to him. and You don't have to run it back with anyone, right? That's kind of the beauty of playing Lamar, too. You don't have to figure out who you're running back with. Uh, you can just play him by yourself if you want to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, his, uh, you know, his touchdown uh, – I'm sorry, his rushing, uh, you know, touchdown and rushing yardage uh, upside just, I think, makes him a perfectly viable naked play. And 
that's probably how I would approach him this week in tournaments. Uh, like I said, Buffalo is really tough against quarterbacks and receivers in the air. And, um, you know, Marquise Brown is like a kind of a prime uh, Lamar stacking candidate, but you just imagine he's going to see a lot of Tredavious White. Uh, I think the Buffalo defense is going to be is softer against the run than it is the pass. So I think it's probably a weekend where I'm, you know, more interested in running Lamar naked than trying to stack him up with one of his receivers. Okay, well, what about the Bills? I mean, I, mean, I think it's a good spot just to X this team out. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, Baltimore's uh... – you know, at, aside from that San Francisco game last week has kind of just been uh, crushing, crush, crushing their spread number. Um, you know, I think it might be a reasonable week to try to build around that assumption again. Uh, I mean, Baltimore, yeah, I mean, Baltimore's just a really tough defense. Like it's hard to be too excited to play guys against them. Uh, you know, I think the, the area that they're most soft is against the run. Um but I don't know, at 5'7", Devin Singletary, that just seems like a really expensive price tag. Uh, it's not, uh, I think, an issue I'm too interested in trying to force this week. Um, so, yeah, probably just, like, run Lamar naked and, and then just build around some other stacks, uh, you know, with your skill players. All right, let's go to the next team. We got the Miami Dolphins. The New York Jets is a 45-and-a-half total here. And uh, this is going to be frustrating because if you're watching the red zone, uh, they're not going to go to this game much because it's a game that doesn't matter. But for DFS players, this thing matters, right? Uh, this is one of the uh, one of the games we're definitely going to want to talk about a ton because we got a lot of opportunity here. 45-and-a-half total here. Uh, you know, Fitzpatrick, he's priced up at 6K, but we got Patrick Laird. Uh, you know, he's someone that has gotten some talk over the past few weeks. Uh, don't know if he's going to end up becoming chalky. I don't think it's going to happen. Devontae Parker's priced up now a little bit, but his targets have been incredible. I have to consider him. Uh, talk about this Dolphin side because, uh, listen, the, the Jets, they got a little bit of a pass funnel there, and uh, there's some guys that can catch the ball on the Dolphin side. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I want to start with the, the New York side uh, just because Miami has been a team that we can just attack with quarterback, I think, uh, really all year. And, um I don't know. Darnold to me is an interesting piece. Uh, He's, I don't know, been kind of up and down this year, but Miami has been a really, uh, you know, really good medicine for kind of uh, ailing quarterbacks. And um, I mean, I I think, you know, it's 6,000, like it's not the most, uh, you know, uh, competitive price point, but I also don't think it's, you know, an insane, uh, you know, price hike on him. I think Darnold at six is uh, pretty interesting and, uh, you know, wanting to pair if we're you know interested in pairing him with uh, New York receivers like Robbie Anderson's always a guy who's in play in tournaments for his uh, kind of big playability, but I don't think is too trustworthy for cash. I mean, Jameson Crowder at five three, I think, has a really nice price tag on him. Uh, seems to be kind of Darnold uh, his preferred target, and I think just has a really nice floor given his uh, you know his his scoring through kind of superior volume, uh, even if it's kind of low, uh, you know, short, short uh, passing routes at kind of a high, uh, you know, catch probability. Like I think Jameson Crowder is an interesting piece for cash. Um, Not sure that he holds too much tournament intrigue, um, just given his kind of, you know, doesn't have like a ton of kind of big play potential in this role that he's in. Um, so yeah, those are the guys that I would be looking at on the New York side. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I think is kind of, he, he just doesn't appear to have any explosiveness left. Uh, his, 
his role uh, with the team seem, you know, his, his use in the offense is kind of, been in flux the last couple of weeks so i'm not too interested in going there yeah they're um, just mixing in powell and montgomery too much and i i played bell last week i thought maybe i'd be able to get away with it and i thought the game before when they blew him out his snap count was just because of uh you know the blowout and he was on pace for the normal you know 80 percent, but it, it didn't end up happening yeah he was in a lot of our he was a uh, one of the higher projected value running backs in our system and and i just made kind of a call, a subjective call to go up to Saquon, which obviously was awful too. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, Bell's just like a guy I can't really see myself getting behind uh, this week. Um, yeah. The Dolphin side is intriguing. I mean, uh, you know, Devonte Parker has been awesome this week. I mean, he's kind of in this DJ Moore category where it's just like the guy's been great and, uh, you know, I've been really interested in playing him, obviously when he was down at four, you know, in the four, four K range. And even when he's was in the five, uh, but at, what is he at like six, nine, six, seven, something like that. Um, yeah. He's six, nine, which uh, yeah, it's, it's pricier, but again, like he's one of those guys just cranking out double digit targets. It feels like every single week. Yep. And uh, you know, New York's a team. We want to attack a receiver. They're allowing uh, receivers to get downfield. I think at a really high rate, allowing one of the highest, uh, air yard shares to opposing receivers. And, um, you know, ever since Preston Williams hit the IR, I think Devontae Parker has really ascended even more so into kind of this, uh, yeah. you know, elite elite usage category. Um, so I think definitely worth a look. I mean, this, this game to me has some really interesting tournament uh, pieces between the quarterbacks and, uh, you know, some of the receivers we've been talking about. Definitely interesting in tournaments. I think just given the price hike on uh, – you know, a guy like Parker, like Crowder, to me, is the, the most intriguing cash piece. But, yeah, uh, his price is great, by the way. I mean, the, he's been amazing all season. He's had two bad weeks. I think this is a week where it ticked his, you know, it ticks back up and he has a really solid outing. Yeah, and, you know, Patrick Laird, I think, is, uh, is an intriguing piece. I mean, I think his, uh, you know, New York's really tough against running backs on the ground, and that's kind of Laird's uh, area of weakness. But they're actually pretty exposed. You know, they, they are allowing elevated running back targets uh allowing you know the run, uh, adjusted running back target rate uh or market share rather at kind of the third highest clip uh and that's kind of like where Patrick Laird's uh you know value is going to lie as, as a pass catching running back um so yeah I mean I, I think uh you know the the interest uh there is fairly warranted like all jokes aside um you know he uh New York's a team that is going to be effective in stopping the run, but can be had uh, by pass catching running backs. And that's what Laird's build is. And, uh, you know, I think, I think he's in a a pretty decent spot and at four, two, you know, all it takes is what, you know, five catches for, you know, 40 or so yards to get a touchdown. I mean, that'd be awesome. Like I think uh, Laird's fully in play this week. All righty, let's go over to the next game. We got the Bengals. We got the Browns 41 and a half total here. And, uh, yeah, this is tough. John Ross, he's back on the Bengals side. Uh, so I think this Bengals side has uh, got too many guys there now, and I, I don't love that spot. But the Browns, they got a 24.25 implied total. Guys like Chubb and Hunt, uh, you know, they're obviously, you know, in great spots here against this terrible Bengals run defense. Uh, what do you think here, Stuart? How much you like here in this 41.5 total? I mean, yeah, Cincinnati, we definitely want to attack on the ground and with running backs through the air, they're really allowing a really high, uh, you know, per target running back efficiency. Uh, I mean, the issue is the Cleveland guys like are really priced up this week. I think DraftKings 
uh, has done a pretty good job of responding with their pricing. And I don't know, that's kind of been the story of, it feels like a number of guys these week. It's like, we really like the plays, you know, uh, from kind of a raw total, but DraftKings has done a good job of pricing them up and making it, uh, you know, a real decision to be made. I, I, I don't know. I think at, uh, I mean, it's, what is it? Six, six, I think on, uh, hunt to me that, that feels pretty steep, uh, given a guy who, you know, doesn't have kind of the bell cow, uh, role. Like, I mean, I'm so much more interested in like paying up for a guy like Leonard Fournette, um, or paying down for a guy like Freeman, uh, you know, Nick Chubb, I think is enticing in tournaments. Uh, you know, you figure he like, he's likely to reach his ceiling game if Cleveland just blows out, uh, Cincinnati and they just kind of divert to the run in a big way. And, um, I mean, it's, yeah, a great spot for, for Chubb. Uh, the, the price is a bit steep, but, uh, you know, I think he is worth some consideration just on account of such a great matchup for tournaments. I think in cash, it's going to be pretty hard to plug him in there. And it would definitely, uh, you know, prevent you from going up to a guy like McCaffrey or if you, you know, want to take the Dalvin Cook route. So uh, I'm not sure that these Cleveland guys uh, care too much, you know, consideration for me in cash given their, their price hikes. Yeah, I think Odell's got some turn upside at 6-3, but th- this situation's just an ugly one with, with what's going on there. He talks of him not wanting to be there and everything. Uh, just think it's a good spot we stay away from for now. Uh, let's go to the next thing. we got the Chargers. We had the Jaguars 43 total here, Stuart. And listen, I, I like some of these plays here. Uh, it wasn't a game. Like, if this was on any other slate, I probably wouldn't be, you know, getting excited about it. But, again, like, this isn't a slate just – littered with like 50 totals uh you know we have a 43 total here and i think melvin gordon leonard fournette they're they're amazing plays i think with garter Minshew back with dj chark dd westbrook's got your price i mean there's so many routes i feel like i can go here um talk to you about this game yeah i mean it feels like every slate there is like one kind of low total game that we really want to key on and for me this feels like it's it i mean the Chargers, I was playing them like their defense a lot early in the season. You know, they were a team that, you know, we thought could generate a lot of pressure. They've been like a patently bad defense this year. And Jacksonville has been even worse. I mean, one of the worst defenses in the league, uh, especially since the departure of Jalen Ramsey. Um, so starting with attacking Jacksonville with the Chargers side, I mean, Jacksonville is atrocious against the run. I think they are. Uh, in a league of their own with Carolina in terms of just ineffectiveness uh, against running backs on the ground. And yeah, I mean, Melvin Gordon has just kind of continued to get better as the season goes on. And uh, the price is up a little bit for him. Um, but uh, I, I think he's definitely in play in tournaments. Uh, just given the price point, I'm not sure how much cash consideration he's going to warrant for me, but I think he's in a great spot. Um, and you know, Jacksonville also has been attackable wide receiver since the departure of Ramsey. Um, the guy I'm pretty interested in is Mike Williams. I mean, his his price, I think, is really good this week. Uh, <clears throat> I think he, he's, what, like, been on just a touchdown drought all year. Um, you, you think there may be some positive regression there. Um, but, you know, even if he doesn't get the touchdowns, like, his, his volume, I think, is really – uh, quite superior for guys priced in that range. I think there are a few players uh, in that range that have a higher 
uh, target floor. So those for me are the two guys I'm really keying in on the charger side. And uh, I think we also mentioned Hunter Henry at the top of the show. I mean, he's priced quite cheaply for such a, uh, you know, uh, good matchup against Jacksonville. I mean, five, one, uh, feels, feels like a pretty good value. So, uh, yeah, I think it's like a great matchup for some of these chargers guys. And, uh, aside from Gordon, like they haven't really seen a huge price bump. Uh, so I, I think there's, there's a lot to, uh, be excited about on the charger side. Yeah, no, I listen, I'm with you on that. The one thing I'll ask, and I could be overreacting, uh, do you worry Philip Rivers gets benched for Tyrod if he's really bad? It just like changes the whole like situation of the offense and who gets the opportunities? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's been really bad and uh, it feels like it's about that time. Um, it's know. a tough question. Listen, I don't want to be so – I think we're – I don't think we can kind of like project for what's going to happen, but it's just yeah. something – I, I'd be worried about doing like a Philip Rivers stack, I'd say, in tournaments, right? Oh, like, oh yeah. No, I mean, Philip Rivers guy I'm, I'm staying away from uh, completely. I mean, how how you have any thoughts on like what a switch to Tyrod, like who who would that impact? I mean, what what's kind of the fallout there? Um, seems like it could hurt Gordon, right? Just because it's another, uh, you know, potential – uh, you know, red zone rushing option. Yeah, yeah, I think it would maybe hurt Gordon a little bit. And then maybe Mike Williams with the, maybe he's not getting the long balls much, but I'm trying to think back of like Tyrod. I think he tried, I mean, I don't know. I can't remember Tyrod exactly, uh, you know, how he was with the deep ball and whatnot. But um, yeah, I just think like, like this game looks appealing to like go Phillip Rivers as like a tournament play. I don't know. I just think it's tough to stomach. That's all. Um, yeah. Who you, I don't know if you, I know you talked about Fournette a little bit. Um, is DJ Chark intriguing for your DD? I think these guys are really nice price tags. And we have Gardner Minshew back there. So uh, maybe uh, Minshew and Chark get some uh, magic going again. Yeah, I don't know. I think on the Jacksonville side, I'm mostly just focusing on Fournette. Um, I, I I mean, Minshew, I don't have any numbers in front of me as far as like how those guys performed with Minshew. Uh, I think just his like, you know, scrambling style uh, maybe could cap, you know, like, could limit some of the upside for, for some of these, uh, you know, Jacksonville receivers. Uh, I mean, Didi Westbrook, he's up a little bit at five, two, uh, when I think he was like really intriguing when he was down in the fours. Um, I don't know, probably, probably just a four net, uh, you know, four net game for me on the Jacksonville side. Uh, and that's, and that's where I think Los Angeles kind of biggest, uh, deficiency is, is against the run and also to pass catching running backs. So uh, I think for me, Fournette uh, is going to be the Jacksonville piece. I'm, I'm kind of building around. Um, yeah, don't don't have too many thoughts on some of the other Jacksonville peripheral pieces. Yeah, I'm with you on Fournette, though. I think he's someone that early in the week I wasn't as excited about, but that volume everything is just too good to pass up. Uh, let's go on to the next one. We got the Steelers. We got the Cardinals, 43.5 total, and – um, I don't know what to do with this game. I don't think it's that great of one because listen, all these Steelers are priced up, right? That's one of the problems. I, I would love attacking the Cardinals, but the Steelers, they all have some really tough price tags. I guess Juju at six, five is intriguing. Um, you know, coming off the injury though, is one of the issues. And then on the Cardinals side, I guess Christian Kirk's price at five, two is really nice. But again, like Kyler, he was a little, uh, you know, a little bit of a problem last week. Uh, you, you saw he was, he seemed like he was fine last week watching the game. But I, I don't know, right? Like Christian Kirk just didn't get a ton of opportunity. This game in general is just not comfortable. Like I can't figure out what to do here. Yeah, I mean, it's a great matchup for the Pittsburgh guys. Um, 
particularly Vance McDonald. But uh, yeah, I mean, we saw DraftKings really move up the price on McDonald uh, all the way up to four three, and just for a guy who hasn't really been like that uh just hasn't been garnering a ton of volume and like when he does i mean it's just so low efficiency with with that uh volume that he gets i don't know i mean i i i get you know how good of a matchup it is for tight ends but um man vance mcdonald at four three i i don't know that's a price tag i can really stomach i'd be far more inclined to go uh, up to doyle up to henry down to gasicki uh, you know, all the way down to like Thomas or, you know, an Irv Smith. Um, yeah. I don't know that I can really talk myself into Vance McDonald. Uh, I think if you fall on him in a build, like if you're building teams and you fall on him, it's fine. But um, yeah, it's like I said, the, the prices, if you like attacking this matchup and you have all season, you're going to like the ownership, right? Cause his ownership's not going to be, you know, insanely high. Cause I think people are just going to go to Doyle over Vance, right? You would assume. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, my natural inclination, like even if I fall to 4-3 at tight end, I, I'd almost rather go down to Gesicki. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, I'm not I'm not sure. It's an interesting, uh, you know, I think uh, social experiment of, uh, you know, how, how, how uh, infatuated is the public really with uh, this Arizona tight end matchup? Because uh, I think the Doyle four three is probably the uh, most aggressive uh, pricing per player uh, talent that we've seen uh, in this matchup all year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how ownership shakes out. Uh, I don't know. I can't see ownership being too high on him, but um, we shall see. Uh, the one Pittsburgh guy that maybe didn't get a huge price hike was Deontay Johnson. I mean, at four three, uh, you know, he's, quite cheap uh you know if juju returns there's a you know some fallout there um but yeah i mean at 4-3 uh just a great matchup uh arizona has been bad defense playing at a fast pace that uh should figure to be good for um you know these uh pittsburgh receivers and uh at 4-3 i mean deontay johnson's kind of the guy i'm most interested in uh, on that pittsburgh side all right. Any interest on the Cardinals side or you want to move on to the uh, next game? Not really. I mean, Pittsburgh's just a really tough defense and uh, we haven't seemed to, you know, gotten a, a price reduction. Well, I guess we did on Kyler and Kirk's down a decent bit. I mean, yeah, Kirk, Kirk's at a pretty good price point. Uh, I'm sure he'll just be seeing a lot of Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, I think like I'm more intrigued with a similarly priced Jamison Crowder uh, or going down to like a Deontay Johnson or Mike Williams. Um, yeah, I just think Kirk's some of the upside he's flashed in the past, uh, is unlikely to be achieved against this Pittsburgh defense. But, uh, I don't know. Brian, Brandon's talked at length about Christian Kirk and he does have like an ideal tournament build, uh, given his, uh, you know, a high, high upside. So I think worth some consideration in tournaments, but probably a guy I would not be considering too much of the cash. All right, let's go to the next game. And it's a 47 and a half total here. We got the Titans. We have the Raiders. And Stuart, like, this is one of the games of the week, shockingly, on this big slate. Uh, talk about this game. Yeah. Um, I mean, Derrick Henry has been a monster uh, the last few weeks, and his price is way up. Uh, kind of been the story of this slate, I think. It's just, like, really good guys getting appropriate price hikes. Um, I mean, Oakland, historically, is a team uh, – 
you know, we want to attack through the air, both with the quarterback, uh, with receivers, and they're also a pretty attackable spot at running backs through the air. The issue is, is that that's not Derrick Henry's forte, and I, he's not like a guy I'm interested in playing because he's got a favorable pass catching matchup. You know, I want to find him in a spot with a favorable uh, running matchup and Oakland's not really that, you know, they're uh, they're a team that's really ineffective at stopping the pass. Um, Ryan Tannehill is, you know, priced, priced down um, or, or is, you know, one of these kind of low end quarterbacks that I think has, uh, a pretty good floor uh, for cash consideration. I just think given the uh, Tennessee's kind of propensity to just pound Derrick Henry, definitely thinks it, think it limits his upside. But uh, from a floor perspective, uh, I think he's a pretty viable cash play and allows you to get up at some of the other positions. Got a really good matchup. Um, Oakland also, I have a note, is allowing the most uh, adjusted fantasy points per quarterback scramble, which I think is – pretty decent, uh, you know, defensive attribute for Ryan Tannehill. He's a guy who uh, at times has kind of sought to get out of the pocket and create with his legs. So, um, you know, I think uh, an interesting spot from that perspective uh, for Tannehill. Um, The Oakland side, I mean, I think, uh, you know, what Hunter Hunter Renfro is expected to be out. And I do think that, uh, you know, isn't an insignificant injury. It it kind of opened – Renfro actually has been garnering a decent amount of targets uh, the past few weeks. And I think, uh, you know, could open up some volume for uh, a guy like Waller who has been pretty cold lately, but uh, you know, he, he, uh, you know, we could see him get back going, Uh, you know, five, eight feels a bit steep for, uh, you know, him given his, I guess, malaise in production lately, but uh yeah, I mean, I think there, there's there's opportunity there on the Oakland side um, for sure. I, I think probably though I'm just a little more interested in tacking with the Tennessee side uh, given the matchup. Yeah, uh, one guy I want to talk on is Derek Carr, 5K. Uh, we talked about pricing, you know, a lot of guys getting price bumps this week, but, uh, you know, he's at a 5K and we like to attack the Titans with the air. You know, you talked about Waller. He's a good option. Uh, what do you think of Derek Carr at 5K? Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, super, super cheap. And like you said, Titans are attackable through the air. Um, God, I mean, he's just a guy, one of the more uncomfortable players to play. Uh, oh, for sure. I don't uh, feel good about <laughs> it, but he, it's it's the, the, they said like this game is, it's a 47 and a half total. It's weird to think that this is one of the higher totals of the, of the slate, but it is like we're here. Uh, so I don't yeah. know. It just, it's crazy. Uh, and he's just 5k and a lot of the, quarterback pricing has gotten priced up, right? You see Fitzpatrick is 6K, right? Uh, you see Tannehill is 5'8". Like a lot of these guys that were normally 5'3 or 5'2, they're not at that spot. And Carr's down at 5K in a pretty uh, you know, awesome spot, but a good spot to attack in the air. Yeah, no, he, he is kind of in a, a price tier of his own. Um, are you thinking more like cash with him? or? Yeah, I think you could do it in cash, but I think you can do it in tournaments too. I mean, we have some cheapish options here, right? Like you can go... You, know, you can go car, you can go Waller and then run it back with like an AJ Brown or a Corey Davis and, and then jam in some really good plays. Like it's definitely a, a game stack that I think you can do. That's, that's, you know, price cheap too, as well. And you can get good plays around it. Yeah. Yeah. It's Corey Davis. I think is a good call actually on the Tennessee side, his price is way down. Um, he's been when healthy, you know, pretty, uh, ineffective this year, but, uh, 
cheap price and you know the volume has been there he just hasn't been capitalizing on it um all right cool well, yeah i think I think a spot to consider um for sure and i'll kind of give a closer look at some of these oakland receivers uh you know, kind of decide what to yeah, do. Yeah, it's just it's like DFS is like it's still a game, right? Like we're still all playing a game, and like the 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 pricing on these guys is so cheap that it just it gives you that ability to get in those really good plays. And there's um they did a really got a good job of pricing some spots, right? We just talked about the Steelers and Cardinals game, like they priced those guys up, and this game just feels like the pricing. Not that it's completely off, like right, but there's some guys that are just cheaper for what they should be. And even as a Jones, right? If you're just looking for like a deep dark tournament throw, I mean, he's been getting some work at three four. Uh, again, just trying to find some cheap options to be able to jam in the really good plays. Yeah. Yeah. Zay Jones, interesting call. I was playing a good amount of him early on in the season when he was with Buffalo because he was a really good red zone target for Buffalo last year. I'm not really sure if that's carried over with him to Oakland, but uh, yeah, an, an intriguing guy, uh, cheaply priced and with Renfro out, uh, you know, that he could be one of the primary beneficiaries. So uh, yeah, I like, I like that Zay Jones call. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Real quick. Let me look. I'm pulling up Zay Jones's snaps. I'm just curious what he got last week. I mean, this is the stuff we're doing right now here. Let's see. Uh, oh yeah, he got 69% of the snaps the week before he got 90. So again, like uh, we're looking for cheap guys, right? Uh, we're trying to get a little creative with these cheap receivers uh, and he could be a pivot off of a Paris Campbell, right? If he has all that ownership. So um, mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, let's go on to the last one. And typically a game that you would be excited about, you would think is a shootout, but with how good the Patriots defense is, with how bad Tom Brady has been, uh, there's some concern, right? 48 and a half total. Uh, you know, Chiefs have always been in like really high totals this season. They've all been in the 50s and this one's lower. And again, um, it's just a tough spot because we have the Patriots defense, which is really good. We have the Chiefs offense, which is, you know, really good. Something's got to give, Stuart. So uh, how are you approaching this game? Because I'm kind of lost. Yeah, I was surprised to see this game, you know, as high as it is. Um, like I, I thought uh, – you know, a similarly good matchup of like good offense versus, versus good defense was New Orleans, San Francisco. And that, that total to me, like feels more in line with how I'm expecting this game to run. Um, yeah. New England, super tough defense uh, against quarterbacks, uh, both through the air and at limiting uh, their scramble attempts and the efficiency per scramble, which actually has been like, uh, you know, one area where I think Patrick Mahomes has, for me exceeded expectations a little bit this year, like his involvement uh, as a scrambler and as kind of a runner by design has uh, I think been a little bit noteworthy uh, to see that new England is not only tough at, you know, defending quarterback pass attempts, but also at defending quarterbacks uh, attempt to get involved in the run game is, you know, concerning for Mahomes and um, yeah, not, not really an area I'm too interested in attacking uh, the one area I think where I, I do tend to try to attack New England is at tight end. Uh, it's kind of, you know, they're, they're extremely good against quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. Uh, tight end is the one spot where they do allow a, a little bit of an elevated, uh, you know, efficiency. And uh, Wait, he, here's the problem, Stuart. Kelsey is their weapon, right? Like Kelsey's the guy and, and Belichick has been really good at stopping like, you know, the, the best, uh, you know, weapon that they go to and whatnot. Um, and, Kelsey hasn't had that much success against the Patriots. So what do you kind of think of that angle? Um, does that concern you? Because again, I think most teams, their, their weapons, not their tight end. Right. So I think maybe digging in, like if you're looking at this game and trying to figure out what to do with Kelsey, maybe this is something I'll do all fair too. like digging in and seeing how Belichick does against teams that have really good tight ends, right? Like the George Kittles, the Kelsey's of the world. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, and I will have to, you know, spend far more time to look into that. I mean, you don't think though, uh, like Belichick will be scheming more to contain Tyreek Hill. He could, uh, it's just, I'm, I'm just trying to think like, I, I know, I, I know I saw some numbers on Kelsey, you know, not having as much success against the Patriots, but I get exactly what you're saying. Uh, it's tough, right? Uh, tough to decide what to do. Um, because they, they have so many weapons, obviously. Yeah. Um, man, a guy we talked about last week is, you know, having good like median projection, uh, but us just having little interest in Sammy Watkins. And I mean, he's super cheap, uh, again this week, but I feel like he just kind of continuously falls into, for me, this category of just like, uh, he just can't be trusted. I mean, his, uh, you know, his, his, his volume is kind of constantly in flux and, uh, you know, the one thing that hasn't been in flux as of late has just been his efficiency per opportunity. It's just been consistently low. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's Kansas City is uh, just given the matchup and their kind of tendency to spread the ball around. And uh, I don't know, it's not an area I'm too interested in attacking, uh, even given the high total. To me, just that total feels pretty high. Uh, you know, like you said, something has to give, uh, whether it's Kansas City's offense or New England's defense, I guess. Uh, I'll probably just be siding with New England's defense on this one. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it's a really tough spot. Uh, one guy I wanted to mention or one situation I want to mention was the Chiefs running backs, right? Um, I don't know if they're going to lean on McCoy here, uh, trying to figure out what's going to go on. But obviously, we have Damian Williams, who's questionable. We have uh, Daryl Williams, who's on the IR. Could this be a week that they give Darwin Thompson more work? Or do you think they lean on McCoy? Um, what do you kind of think here? Yeah, projecting uh, Kansas City running backs has been tough. I actually played McCoy in cash last week, and I mean, it wasn't a total disaster, but it was not a good scene. I mean, just with how much they were using Darwin Thompson. Um, yeah, I think Darwin Thompson is worth you know some some exposure in tournaments. I think just given the uh, uncertainty with how the opportunity is going to shape out for uh, Kansas City running backs. I don't know that I can really consider any of them in cash, but uh, definitely think there's some tournament consideration for Thompson. Um, I just kind of come back to, I mean, like New England's just really tough uh, against the running back position, both uh, running the ball and pass catching. But uh, yeah, it is price tag. I mean, I think uh, it, it won't take a ton for Thompson to pay off. Um you know, his price, uh, I just feel like, I don't know, I might like similarly priced guy uh, just in a better spot as, you know, a guy like Patrick Laird or something. Um, so might be somewhere where I'm more inclined to go um, than, yeah, these cheap Kansas City running backs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you talk much about the Patriots side? Like Edelman's like fine, like, but I just don't know what to do here. Like, is James White going to get the work? That's the problem. I mean, he got a ton of work last week. I know this is like the time year that they start to lean on him more and he starts to like absolutely dominate. But uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with the Patriots side that much either. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think White's worth some consideration in tournaments just because he has pretty good upside for a running back at that price point with his involvement in the past game. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of just the story with the Patriots offense outside of Edelman is there's just a lot of uncertainty. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think there, there's a little bit of a higher floor, uh, for, for, you know, a guy like Devonte Freeman, who's priced similarly to James White, or even, I mean, we didn't actually talk about Kenyon Drake, but, uh, I mean, he's, I think at a pretty decent price point for Arizona. I just, I feel like there's, there's kind of higher floor plays around James White, um, 
yeah, I mean, his though supreme usage in the past game uh, over any of those other running backs, though, is intriguing from a tournament standpoint. Uh, from a cash standpoint, uh, yeah, I mean, Edelman, most kind of consistent role. Uh, Kansas City has been pretty tough against opposing wide receivers, but I don't think uh, so tough that we're, you know, kind of can't consider uh, New England receivers. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Edelman, Edelman's kind of the guy I'd focus on. Uh, in the New England side, Tom Brady, uh, I mean, the price is definitely intriguing. He's just has been so, you know, ineffective uh, recently. And uh, I think Kansas City, uh, you know, could, you know, put a decent amount of pressure on Brady, make it make things tough for him. So, uh, yeah, not someone I'm super interested in. Uh, in yeah, for a Patriots Chiefs game on this kind of slate, it's weird. I just don't have a lot of interest in it. Very, very odd to to think. But uh, that's the slate, Stuart. That's what we got here. Uh, listen, uh, tell the people real quick. Uh, you know, guys, like and subscribe. Would appreciate that if you enjoyed what we did here. Uh, you know, we really, really would like to have you guys come back and uh, you know appreciate you guys. You know, following along. Um, any final thoughts, Stuart? Uh, what do you kind of think of this slate overall? Uh, because it's a weird one. It's definitely a different uh, slate than I've seen in a while. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Chris McCaffrey is a guy who has kind of just shaped our lineup builds uh, in previous weeks. And I think there feels like a, a real dearth of just comfortable value plays that allow you to easily get to McCaffrey. Um, so I think uh, just really either digging for that value and, and finding guys you like or being okay with pulling off a of McCaffrey just because there's a lack of value at the bottom uh, is going to be a really important decision to make. And uh, I'll probably continue to work through as the week progresses. Yeah, I think a decision that's going to be made is whether to go all the way up for these guys or whether to go in that mid-tier. Uh, that's going to be one of the conversations to have. But listen, we got, uh, you know, it's, it's only Friday morning. We got Friday injury reports coming out. And then Saturday, you know, Schefter will send those late night tweets. And then Sunday we'll get all that news. So uh, who knows what could happen with this late? Uh, who knows what can go down? But listen, guys, we got to get on out of here. Thanks a lot for joining us. For me, Travis Van Gogh, Ember Stewart, we're out of here. Mm-hmm.